happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nursed. But listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach to eat. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Hit me. 2018 NBBQA Podcast oh. of the Year, but I feel like that was like that was in March of 2018, right? Who the hell knows how they were even operating back then? Still to come on the show this evening, Tim Shear from Shake and Bake Barbecue, Blues Hall, Gateway Drum Smoker, and Marble Ridge. I want to say Mineral Ridge. That's a city in like uh, over by Youngstown, Ohio. Marble Ridge. They got Wagyu. They got high-end hog out there. I was sound checking with Tim earlier today, and he was revealing behind the curtain on how how they get their heifers pregnant. It's a whole situation going on over there. Oh my God. That's going to be a segment or two all on its own. Jason King asking, Rempy, you in the Barbecue Hall of Fame yet? <laughs> no? I mean, I've been nominated every year for... Six years, seven years. So we're over the first hurdle, Jason, as we continually are every year, making it into the names nomination hopper. Every year that I'm nominated, I am then put out an additional five years. So if nobody nominated me for four years after that, I would still be in that name, that big holding tank of names that people have to talk about. And then I'm quickly voted out. Every year is either being too young, too handsome, too rich, whatever. So we don't want to put them in. But maybe someday, but maybe not. And between you and me, Jason, don't tell anybody. I mean, who cares, right? I mean, I'm happy here in Cleveland. We're doing this show. You're still here. You did. What did you do? What was the dish you did? Booze teen? <laughs> I made 970000 All right. Booze teen. I mean, that if that's not Hall of Fame, that's, that's it. Jason, go to my website, go under Hall of Fame, and look, are you in the guest Hall of Fame? 
were you put in in 2018? If not, I got to get you on my short list for 2023. Holy shit. How could you not be in the guest hall of fame for doing Boo's team? We're going to have to make that. There was a, There's a lot of things that need to be corrected after going through the guest hall of fame this year. But the good news is, at least at this point, we have time. I mean, nobody has time. Nobody gets out alive. But we have time. So we'll see what we can do. YouTube poll question of the week. We're asking everybody this. Your choice between the three for Christmas dinner, rib roast, turkey, or ham. 82% of you are saying rib roast. 11% now saying turkey. What? And 7% of you are saying ham. How dare you do turkey again? Learn. Learn from me. Learn from me. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 312, if you can believe it, taking you back to December 16th of 2008, 2008, wait a sec, I've been doing this show even two years before 2008, and a guy in the chat room won podcast of the year in 2018? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Pissed. Sorry, Jimmy, you're taking it. Taking you back to December 16th, 2008. Long time ago. I think we can agree on that. Does this name ring a bell? Dave Lefko, One of the founding partners of a product called what? I'll wait. You tell me. Did you say... Bacon salt? Yes. He was my guest, and we talked all about the origins of bacon salt and the product. Little known fact that the company got its start from Dave's kid hitting him in the face with a wiffle ball that was set on a tee, and he sent it into America's Funniest Home Videos, and while I just resaw the video again hours ago, not that funny. Funny enough to take the win that year, $5,000 in winnings. So him and his corporate partner took that money and started the Bacon Salt Empire. Believe it or not, still around. You can go to baconsalt.com, lots of flavors, way more than they had originally when I had them on in 2008. So if you haven't tried it, give it a shot. Why not? And originally made to help those folks who aren't allowed to eat bacon to get the flavor of bacon in a legal way. 100% kosher. You can subscribe to the show and its podcast feed by visiting this website, thebbqcentralshow.com slash subscribe. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or a segment again that's been lost in the archives, you email John and let him know you would like to hear J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. To finish out this segment before we get to Tim Shear's origin story, Malcolm Reed, who was on the show last week, did his weekly podcast a couple days after his appearance on Tuesday. I think it was last Thursday. And then he releases it on Friday, I believe. Well, when you know his appearance made an appearance on his his appearance on my show was talked about on his podcast this past Friday. And 
I'm not going to say he did a an about face on some things. He still told the line a little bit. I was way more intrigued with Rochelle's answering on some of this stuff, which I happened to cut up. So Malcolm asks Rochelle question of the week from last week. Last night you went on Greg Grampy and talked on, about Memphis and May. Yes, I did. Here's a question for you. This was Greg's poll question. Okay. Which I is saw that. the bigger did he say bigger? It's the bigger story. Bigger story. Bigger story. Ongoing Memphis, story the, within the, the barbecue. Memphis and May debacle. The Memphis and May affair, affair or the KCBS judging scoring scandal thing. Which one's the bigger story to you? I feel like the KCBS thing really showcases some holes in that system and, and getting scored wrong is a big, big deal. So yeah, you're going to go with that. I'm going to have to go with that one. Now, in the next clip, this might be my favorite one. She, Rochelle, gives it to Malcolm a little bit. I just thought you played a politician a little too much talking about <laughs> yeah. the May instead of just saying. I was on the fence. You hammer the coming. Fence a little bit. The hammer I'll coming. what I think. Memphis and May treats the teams pretty crappy. We've cooked a lot of contests. We've cooked the Royal. We've cooked small contests. We've cooked big contests. Memphis and May treats the teams the absolute worst to the point where it's like, hey, what are y'all going to do about people breaking in and stealing stuff? Oh, that's y'all problem. There was a Gestapo-like feeling here in the past few years. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. So Malcolm leaves that bit out of Tuesday night. However... Rochelle not holding back, saying they feel like second-class citizens a little bit. Here's the next cut, saying that Memphis and May's decisions are made all on the money. With every so, decision they made, it was more about money than anything. The, the teams were never taken into consideration. The logistics of the contest is horrible. The cost is astronomical. It's crazy. I was thinking that on the way to work today. How much money? So we've been doing Memphis and May since 06. Mm-hmm. We did it in And this will probably make three. you and I both very sick if we were to totally this up. How much money we spent on that one contest for the past, what's that been, 17 years? I know how much we spent that very first year because I raised the money to get us in there. Yeah. It was like three grand. I think is what we spent. We raised twenty five hundred dollars, and we had five hundred to put. And it only escalated from there. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna have to add another zero to talk about what we've been spending the past couple years, which is ridiculous. Don't get me wrong; something has to change with it. Mm -hmm. Adding another zero to thirty five hundred dollars. I'm no mathematician. That's thirty five (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars. They're spending $35,000 to compete in Memphis in May. I mean, are they, do you win a million dollars? I mean, I got to win a million dollars for me to even consider $35,000. I can go buy a Rolex watch for $35,000, keep it for 10 years, and then make money on the sale. $35,000. And I feel like that's the low end. Forty-five, fifty thousand dollars you're hearing being tossed around. Nonsense. That's a lot of money, right? Last cut. Rochelle asking Malcolm if he would cook the new event. Would you cook the new contest? I'm not. I'm curious. I'm not saying I wouldn't cook it because you know, never know. But I want to see what the format's like. I want to see who's judging it. I want to see what it cost. I want to see what you're cooking. I also I want to see what the prize payout is. Yeah. You know, is it worth your while to cook that contest? Is it for a charity? I just know I don't have any, me personally, I don't have any loyalty to the Memphis MA contest. Yeah, you're disgruntled. 
Very <laughs> disgruntled. All <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't all been disgruntled. Um, I thought Carrie Bringle's interview he did with Rempy was really. Good. It was really good, and I agreed yeah. with everything he said. So Greg's got get some really good discussion on it. Yeah, over Greg on the barbecue central. He was, he's got to dig to the root of it. So, and you like to walk the line. <laughs> <laughs> Got a Johnny Cash. Yeah, yeah. I want to be mayor one day. You never know. I can't say too much, man. <laughs> Malcolm could be mayor someday of Hernando, the city of Hernando. I can see that happening. Rochelle calling him out, saying he could have uh, he could have laid in to Memphis and May a little bit more when him and Heath were on last Tuesday. My next guest, who we'll be learning all about here over the next hour or so. One Memphis in May two years ago. Might have a thought or two before we race into the origin story of his self. Before we get to that, let's talk about Big Papa Smokers. Listen up, gang. Our friends at Big Papa Smokers have something special just for you, listeners of this show. Whether you're a seasoned pitmaster or a grilling newbie, Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop shop for all things barbecue. From their championship rubs, mouth-watering sauces, essential accessories. They've got what you need to take your food to the next level, whether on the competition circuit or in the backyard, like me. Here's the cherry on top. The Luxardo cherry at that. Big Papa Smokers offering listeners of the Barbecue Central Show an exclusive deal. Use promo code REMPY, R-E-M as in Mike, P as in Papa, E. At checkout, that's R-E-M-P-E, and you'll get $10 off your next $50 purchase of rubs, sauces, or accessories. Imagine the possibilities, if you will. Evaluate your ribs with Big Papa's Sweet Money or Hot Sweet Money, which I love. Add Big Papa's Desert Gold to your chicken or vegetables. Why not? Better yet, pick up Big Papa's Double Secret. Try it on steak. Thank me later. Don't forget... Use promo code REMPY at checkout and claim your $10 off your next order of $50 or more when you go to BigPapaSmokers.com. Also, don't forget to check out a full line of recipes and the associated cooking videos when you go to CookingWithBigPapa.com. Follow them on social media. Most importantly, when you go to BigPapaSmokers.com, promo code REMPY, $10 off your order of $50 or more. Why not? We're back with Tim Shear right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rempe. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes, a host of accessories. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or if you're a pro. It's a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Looky here. Probably because she's got nothing better to do. Maddie Rempe watching the show tonight. Look at you, Maddie. Tuning in for the Tim Shear origin story, who is leading off the second hour here. Consistently a top pitmaster 
on the KCBS circuit, owner, creator of Gateway Drum Smoker, owner of the iconic Blues Hog brand of products, a purveyor of fine meat through his Marble Ridge Farms business. And this past October, one of five guests to be included in the new Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. We welcome back our pal, Tim Shear. Hey, Tim. We have a YouTube poll question of the week we're asking everybody this evening. Your choice between the three for a Christmas dinner, a rib roast, a turkey, or a ham, which one do you pick? Well, I think it's easy rib roast, but this turkey business is nonsense. 83% of people saying rib roast, 10% of people saying turkey, and 7% saying ham. Greg, that's not acceptable. There's no way turkey's above ham. I thought, Nothing against turkey. I but. thought that was the thing, like Christmas ham. Now, uh, I, I believe yeah. when I was a youth, we doubled up. We did turkey Thanksgiving, turkey Christmas for a while at least. At some point, we graduated into uh, into the rib roast. But Christmas ham, that's like a thing. So these people obviously need to get on the website at marbleridgefarms.com and order themselves a ham. Um my good buddy, the great, the world famous Jay Bello over there is cranking out some pretty badass hams yeah. for us. Hmm. Um, and they are, they will change your mind on that turkey business. Enough of turkey, enough of ham, enough of rib roast. We have one other question. As somebody who's won Memphis in May, I called it the coup of 2022, and everybody agreed with me, by the way. Uh, do you have any thought on what the hell is going on in Memphis? leading into 2024? Uh, no, I think I'm probably about like everybody is. I'm actually signed up for Memphis MA. Oh. Um, couldn't be happier that it's moving out of the, out of the swamp and over to a actual, uh, <laughs> actual um, sustainable place over there at the Liberty bowl. Uh, the judging's way better over there. Anyway, I can tell you that right now. Why is it? Uh, why is it better? But, because that's where you won. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now we're excited to go back, um, you know, and hopefully whatever else happens downtown is is great and good and everything else. Um, obviously, I have nothing no, nothing against um, anybody promoting barbecue. So, um, you know, hopefully that takes off and there's more than one option. That's that's fine with me too. Be, isn't it weird to have them competing though? Would you want to have them maybe in successive weeks or one per month yeah. or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I think they should just knock them out um, consecutive weeks. We go down to Memphis, spend a week, and call it good. Hmm. Tim Shearer is joining us, no doubt. Uh, Tim Shearer is joining us, and you can look at all of his different products through his different online landscapes, Gateway Drum Smokers, Blues Hog. He also has uh, Marble Ridge and, of course, Shake and Bake Barbecue. He's still doing the Barbecue League or the League or whatever the hell that thing is called. Yeah, yeah, we are actually. Look at you. Yeah, man, you're uh, you're very busy. Guy. Yeah, let's learn about busy Tim Shear. Uh, Twenty twenty three finds you getting into the Barbecue Central Show's Guest Hall of Fame. I mean, were you shocked? Were you honored? Has life changed in magical ways since uh, October? I I told you, man. I, I was shocked when you when you sent me that message. Uh, I thought it was like basically winning a Grammy. I didn't know what to do. Um, I was excited. Um, beside myself to be honest with you and uh when that ring showed up i just couldn't believe it yeah you know that was that was legit man that's that's some serious bling 
right there. So um, thank you. I appreciate that. Yep. I uh, All I had to do is come on your show and cry like a big baby, I think. So easy. <laughs> well, the good news is you had done previous segments as well. So uh, you yeah. qualify for being yeah. into the Guest Hall of Fame or at least being nominated by showing up on the show and doing one guest spot. So anybody that's ever done the show even once has potential of getting into the Guest Hall of Fame. Yeah. But of course, you go above and beyond. Let's get some origin yeah. story on a Tim Shear. When were you born? Where were you born? I was born right here in Washington, Missouri, back in 1981. Wow. You're, a, you're just a pop. I know. I'm a pop, I uh, guess. 42 like then, right? 41, old, 42? I'm 41, yeah. yeah. Or 40, what am I, 42? I have no idea what I am. Something like that. Handsome, though. I'm still kicking. Yeah. So, as you're growing up, what do you remember family like? Being, or family life being like is your kind of a rug rat yeah man uh you know i grew up on a hog farm you know and and um family life was always you know if you're if you're if you had free time something was wrong you know i was always out you know working at the farm and um you know just doing whatever i could between that and trying to play sports and stuff when i was younger uh, that was pretty much probably what my what my life consumed of. Uh, hey Ray, K hey, Bell, hey repeat. You know, so um, you know it's it's fine. Learned a lot. Um, you know, learned how to work hard. I think that helped a lot. You know, still does today. But um, but yeah, that's what it was, man. I mean, you know, goofed off a little bit, did the kid stuff, and um, but spent a lot of time in those hog barns or uh, out in the field or wherever. So uh, that's pretty much what it was like all my buddies were out at the swimming pool or or goofing off somewhere doing nothing and and uh i was slopping hogs i don't know what farm means other than typically that is associated with lots of acres like we lived around a lot of farms where i grew up especially before it really developed and then it became you know a lot more hoity-toity whatever uh but well well yeah. after us are, are you, uh, so you have the hog farm, but then do you also have like hundreds and hundreds of acres where you're making hay and nonsense like this? Yeah. So, uh, so my dad had the hog farm. He actually grew up and his, his dad was a chicken farmer, so he hated chickens. Um, so he started hog farming and then I naturally started to hate hogs. I told him a million times that I finally figured out a way to make them smell good. Uh, and that was on the barbecue pits. So, um, <laughs> you know but uh but my mom actually grew up in the missouri river bottoms down here so um basically in the middle of flat farmland so yeah uh you know still does today my dad st um has four thousand sows so it's a pretty big hog operation uh farms over two thousand acres of corn and beans um and then several hundred acres of of hay and pasture and and run a couple hundred head of cattle as well so. you got siblings I have one sister. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. when you had a farm, My like you have kids to be uh, the the hired helper on there to get the farming done. I know. And my dad was an only child, so he's pretty much a one man band out there at the farm. He's wow. seventy three. Works like he's twenty. Uh, still goes crazy every day with it. Um, I don't think he's ever made any money, but that doesn't really matter to him. I guess he just does it because uh, that's what he does. You know, that's what a lot of farmers do. You have a good relationship with your sister. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't live close by. So no, like when you're um, growing up, you like know, are you guys close? Uh, close. We're in both age pretty stubborn and hard headed, so we like to butt heads a little bit. Were you, when you guys were growing up, were you like pretty close in age? Uh, she's a couple years older than me. Yeah. Um, now she got off easy, man. I always had to do all the work, and she just hung around the house. Uh, your parents stay together as you're growing up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Mom's school teacher. Dad farms. As you're growing up, like before high school and stuff, you have pretty good relationship with them. Your parents. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. <laughs> What's the food scene? like at the house as you're growing up oh uh, big food scene man that's kind of oh. one of the main things that got me into into, into cooking uh <clears throat> you know my grandma was a great cook both of them were and uh, my mom's a hell of a cook too i mean i get a lot of a lot of my cooking skills i guess or whatever you want to call them habits maybe from her um i don't think she's ever followed a recipe um never looked in a book just crank it out stick your finger in it taste it if it's good you keep going if not you fix it um, you know, so, and that's the other thing growing up on the hog farm. I mean, we had pork, you know, so I cooked, you know, from early age, but I was one that was, if I was home, you know, I was home before my dad was or whatever. And, um, you know, I would fire up the grill and, and cook every, every pork item you could cook, you know, pork chops, pork steaks, pork burgers, the whole deal, you know, <laughs> never ending. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was, you know, we ate well and, um, you know, a lot of that, was my mom cooking and and learning from her parent, from her mom? From did you do you recall having an active interest in like being around the kitchen and helping mom cook, or you just like the way she cooked because it tasted good? <laughs> no, I did actually. I cooked. You know, I liked to cook when I was younger. Uh, you know, especially with the with the barbecue. And I remember we had an old smoker in the garage. It was sitting in the corner collecting dust. And you know, I dug that thing out once or twice. And and tried to figure it out and fire it up on my own. You know, we had, you know, up here we had pork steaks all the time. So, um, you know, I would take a pork steak and, you know, mess around with seasonings and tenderizers and all that stuff and try to figure it out as, as I went, you know? So, uh, you know, the family was always happy. It was done and they could eat, but I was, uh, already trying to, trying to figure out the barbecue world, I guess. I didn't even know it. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, were you exposed to, aside from the grilling that you had already mentioned, were you exposed to any real low and slow Southern style barbecue methods? Was your dad into that? <clears throat> See, not as much. Um, so like I said, with the pork steaks, we always cut all of our pork butts into pork steaks. I mean, that's how every fundraiser or barbecue would go to yeah. in this area, in St. Louis area. That's what everybody did with it. We didn't have like low and slow whole shoulders or anything like that. So um, it was kind of weird that we didn't, you know, being on a hog farm, we didn't do much, you know, as, as far as ribs or anything like that either. It was, it was pork chops, pork burgers or, or pork steaks, to be honest with you. So, um, y you know, we had a, a Weber grill and, and tried to figure out that and, and tried to kind of slow it down and cook the pork steaks a little bit longer, a little bit lower and slower, um, than what you normally would. But, and, you know, had that old smoker that it was kind of like a, you know, a, Smoky Mountain type thing, a small mm -hmm. one, I think, and tried to figure that out when I was younger. But, you know, it wasn't until, you know, going off to college and stuff like that where I started having pulled pork and some of the more Southern uh, styles of barbecue. And, and I was definitely interested. Caught my attention. <laughs> Get into high school. What kind of a student are you as you go through those four years? 
um i wasn't a great student i mean it's kind of funny i didn't put a whole lot of effort into into school to be honest with you i I did enough to get by and um you know just wasn't really all that interested to be honest with you fast eddie said last uh, week that he was a terrible student but he loved to go every day because there was so much social activity that he was involved (laughs) with similar to you um yeah i mean i wasn't a I wouldn't say terrible, but I was definitely not a, not an honor roll kid. Um, you know, so I did enough to get by and, and, you know, I, I enjoyed playing sports and, and things like that in high school. So, um, you know, I had to stay eligible and all that, yep. but, um, but it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? I, I was probably a, you know, a B and C type student, um, you know, that was more concerned about just getting it over with and, you know, getting straight A. You had mentioned sports, uh, and, for those that know you, you're widely considered to be maybe self-proclaimed tallest man in barbecue. How tall do you stand currently? Six foot seven. Wow. Currently, yeah. Right. Were you taller in high school, or are you still about the same? No, no. I was about six, uh, six five, six six in high oh, school. Okay. Grew a little bit afterwards, um, but yeah. Uh, you play basketball then, I assume, or were you multi-sport? Yeah, I played basketball in high school. Um, we had a we had a really good team in high school, uh, won two state championships back then. Wow. Um, kind of a fun fact. Hate to hate to pat my own back, but I did score forty five point championship game when I was a, really? a sophomore. Uh, yeah, wow. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, ended up winning that and and uh, got third our, our junior year and won again the state championship in uh, ninety nine in my senior season. So. It was fun. We got lifelong friends and memories from that, and um, it was a heck of a good time back then. When you win two state titles in a four-year span, does that earn you looks to college, or like were you at a smaller yeah. school where it didn't really matter? Yeah, yeah, I was. You know, I was definitely at a small school, small high school. Um, I think we were one A, which is basically the smallest school in the state. Um, but yeah. I, uh, did get a full ride scholarship to Southeast Missouri State. Played four years of basketball down there. Um, you know, got my got my school paid for or whatever. Yeah. So, um, again, didn't 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 focus too too terribly <laughs> detailed on the uh, schoolwork, but uh, got it done. Is Southeast Missouri State a Division two school or is that Division one? It's it's a Division one actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Um, we made it to the NCAA tournament first time in school history my freshman year. What's I that? I mean, what's that like? Day. I mean, I mean, there's uh, there's yeah. some statistic out there that seven uh, percent of all high school athletes make it to that next level, regardless mm-hmm. of division. You know, one, two, or three. My daughter uh, just got done playing Division two uh, college volleyball, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's a, a pretty tight bottleneck to go from all those athletes playing in high school to college. I mean, what's that accomplishment like for you? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, when you're that age, I don't think you realize, you know, how lucky you are to get to play a sport or be involved in something like that. Um, you know, you're just doing it and half the time you're dreading doing it. And, you know, it, I mean, when you get to college, especially it's a full time job. I mean, you know, they give you 20 hours a week, but you're doing it for 40 or, or more, 50, probably more hours a week. You're you're doing something related to to that sport. So, um, you know, you the education is certainly not free, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, you work your butt off for it. But, you know, the life lessons you learn through through sports, in my opinion, is is 
greater than anything you can learn in that classroom. I mean, I've got, you know, three daughters all playing basketball right now and, and a freshman and a sophomore in high school. And I'm constantly trying to show them and, and get them to appreciate the, the lessons that they're learning in sports, not just, you know, not just scoring or winning. It's, it's about the teamwork and about the adversity and all the other stuff you're going to go through that you just cannot learn you know, as quickly, I guess you can learn it, but I think sports just give you a, a dose of real world, real world, uh, reality right off the bat. And, and, um, uh, you know, you gotta be mentally tough for it, especially this day and age where, you know, every game is broadcast and everything else like that. So, um, it's, you know, I think it's a, it's a major opportunity, um, the kids and everyone, uh, you know, good lesson from. What are you majoring in during college? What do you graduate with? I was majoring in ag business and um, horticulture, basically. So, um, you know, my goal was to have the landscaping company, and that's what I did for, you know, nearly 20 years, I guess. Um, You know, as I started the barbecue uh, uh, endeavor and everything else, I was, you know, still at a landscape company up until about, actually about two years ago, two and a half years ago, we finally sold the landscape company. And, um, you know, it was... I really enjoyed the the design and the you know the building the project and stuff like that, but uh, to the end it was getting to getting to be a major pain in the pain in the butt as far as employees and mm. and you know even even the homeowners and stuff like that were just starting to get somewhat entitled feeling and it just just wasn't as fun as it used to be that's for sure. Mm. And I was getting old is hard <laughs> hard work. Yeah, well, I mean, getting older and then not being able to find reliable help or people that yeah. meet your standard of work is always, you know, right. going to be tough, especially when you don't seem to see an end to it or it's only going to get right. worse the longer you go. So it probably yeah. makes the sale a lot easier. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was time and, you know, barbecue luckily, unfortunately came along and, um, you know, 2012, we started making the drum smokers for gateway drum smokers. And, um, you know, that, that was something that, I had no intentions of getting into really. It was just, okay, we, we built them for ourselves. Other people are liking them. You know, now what do we do? We either say no or we turn it into a real business. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I was fine, fine taking it on, you know, and and trying that out. And then 2015 rolls around and, you know, our, our good friend, Billy Arnold was, was sick and everything. And, um, you know, when he asked me to buy the blues hog company and, you know, I just, didn't even think or ask how much or anything. I just told him, of course, you know, yes, I want to do that. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, um, you know, one of the coolest things I think I've ever been a part, you know, had the opportunity to be a part of honestly. And, you know, I knew the potential of it. I knew how good the product was. And, um, I knew that it just needed, just needed a driving force behind it to take it to another level. So I want to circle back on that here in a second. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and talk about the entrance into, barbecue before we do that can we be regaled with a love story of tim Shear? how you meet your wife and all that fun stuff <laughs> yes uh, our story goes back a long time so the funniest thing is that um i don't know what we were probably like three or four you know what i mean we were the um years old i don't know the two yeah, two, the two little kids that walked down at, at the homecoming dance or whatever at the high school was was Terry and I. So, um, you know, I, I joke about it. I guess I caught her eye, sir, you know, very early. Very but, uh, early. <laughs> I think we might have, uh, 
you know, I don't know what you're doing when you're in fifth or sixth grade, might've dated or whatever, went to the movies once or something. And then, you know, high school, I think our sophomore year is kind of when we started getting a little more serious. We were good friends, honestly, in high school and, um, you know, been, been together ever since basically. So, um, you know, she's a trooper. I can tell you that. (laughs) When you hear of folks, I mean, it's not very common that you've had that longevity literally going back to like you know where you could sit here and say yeah i've known her since four or five every once in a while you hear the high school sweetheart thing and a lot of those fail because Mm -hmm. you get stale i mean who the hell knows why it goes why do you think this is a long time tim like why do you think you guys have been able to stay together and at least from an outsider's view looking in i mean i don't know what is really going on behind closed doors but you seem to thrive both as a couple and as business partners (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure she thinks I'm stale. There's no doubt about that, Greg. But um, but no, we, I mean, we've just always been it together. I mean, um, she's she's a great person and, um, you know, she's allowed me to do basically everything I've wanted to do in the business world. And um, she's been right there to help and support and, and even more so take care of the kids and run them around and do do all the stuff that, you know, uh, first class mom does. I mean, she kills it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how she does it sometimes, but, um, you know, it's, it's cool. You know what I mean? I just, I just think we keep rolling, you know? Um, do you guys talk about having kids? Her parents are great. You know, my parents support, I mean, the whole deal. So do you guys talk about having kids like pretty quick after getting married or does that just kind of happen? Yeah, I think, I mean, we, after we got married, it was a couple of years, but, um, and then we had the two back to back and everything. And, um, she was good at having kids and liked it and stuff. And I was, I was a little nervous cause her grand her, her dad is actually one of 14, uh, siblings. So I was like, Holy cow, you're wow. not, you're not, you're not thinking about this. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> so, Fertile Myrtle. Um, you know, then we had our third girl and I was like, we're shutting it down. So I, I think she would have went for another one to try to get a boy, but, hmm. uh, I didn't, I didn't think that was the right idea at the time. So. How, uh, how old are the girls? Uh, they're, they're 15, 14 and 11 wow. now. So yeah, got two in high school. When you it's look crazy. at, um, like how you're growing up and you look at how you're raising your daughters, like, were there anything that you thought when I have kids, I want to do it this way, or I want to instill these things. <laughs> like how, how does you differing how you're parenting your girls versus how you were parented? Uh, I mean, I mean, there's things that you learn, I guess, good and bad from your parents. Right. Um, you know, I'm by no means perfect at it. And it's the hardest thing you do in life. I think it's, is try to raise them and, and try to get them to turn out right and stuff like that. I mean, they're good kids for sure. I mean, um, we have fun together. I think we have a good relationship. Um, you know, we butt heads sometimes, but for the most part, we can, we can roll with it and, and don't hold it against each other. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a challenge every day. You know, there's things I wish I would do better and, and there's things that we do all right, but, um, it's hard to say exactly, you know, what, what I'm doing right or wrong, I guess. So just try to show them that hard work and, um, stay positive and be, be good to people. I mean, that's the main thing. Where did you learn about competition barbecue? <laughs> So, 
basically when, when I first started cooking competition barbecue, I had no clue. I mean, we started at a local winery. I think we got fourth place out of five teams. I don't know, something really bad. Um, but yeah, dang, we had the most fun ever. I mean, pretty sure we burnt our trailer down on the way home. I mean, just whatever could have happened, it, it probably happened that day. And, um, you know, we had our, some of our best friends out there and just, you know, we were doing it, man. We were, we were doing it. Um, you know, as, as we went on, we did one or two competitions locally and, um, you know, same deal, just we're there to have fun and, and to kind of party. And if we turned something in, that was great. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, after a couple of years of, get, of, of that and, and getting destroyed, you know, I started to, you know, my competitive nature started kicking and I'm like, all right, if we're going to do these competitions, I got to have a chance, you know, I at mm-hmm. least got to have a chance to win something, you know, it's like, so, you know, I started studying up and, um, you know, back then there was maybe the, the, you know, what is it called? The barbecue brethren was one thing you could maybe pick up a few tips on, but yep. there was so much just BS on there. that it was hard to really find anything, but, um, you know, honestly talking to local pit masters and, you know, a buddy of mine from back then, uh, Jeff Brinker was, was cooking barbecue fairly well and, and doing, doing, doing all right, you know, and he would, he would, um, uh, slip some tips every once in a while and i just started paying attention you know what i mean and um and after that it was just doing research and buying sauces and rubs and experimenting uh at the house with with not only that but cooking techniques i mean you know i had an offset you know oklahoma joe smoker whatever they are um that was just i was i was brutal at it you know i was not not doing anything right probably so um you know we did the first competition bought a bigger stick burner and stayed up all night and woke everybody up and made a mess. And right after that, speaking of Eddie, I bought, bought a FEC 100 oh. and that's when, uh, you know, started to set the button and get consistent temps and times and, and started to at least have a chance. You know what I mean? I would go to a contest and at least have a chance to, to get a call. Um, you know, and then after that, we evolved into the, to the, to the drum smoker. You know? How, how do you was, evolve into that? If you're, if you're running something, that is allowing you to be consistent. Yeah. Like, why do you switch into something else and then live fire at that? It's a couple of reasons. Uh, for me, you know, I'm I'm a kind of guy that doesn't really sit still. I'm I'm nervous, energy all the time, and got to be fiddling with something. And when I was, you know, running the pellet smoker, I literally would hit a button at ten o'clock at night and go to bed. And I was like, you know, I just wasn't feeling like I was doing anything. You know, I wasn't challenged. I didn't even get to light my own fire. So. Um, and you know, I was struggling in the rib category, I think it was, and, you know, started cooking the, the ribs on the, on the gateway drum smoker, the first one. And, you know, that's the year that we won 2012 is the year that we won first place ribs at the American Royal. So, um, that's when it really started hitting, you know what I mean? And then after ribs, we just started adding, add another meat, add another meat. And, you know, sooner or later, you know, I remember the first time I was going to go all, all drums at a contest and everybody, you know, nobody was doing it really back then. And. I was nervous as hell. I got up at three in the morning and, um, put my meat on, wanted to give myself plenty of time just in case it didn't work, you know, in case it didn't go hot and fast, like I wanted it to, um, had everything off and done by 7am. So I'm sitting there, you know, did my four hour cook just, um, five hours too early. Yep. So, um, you know, so many learning curves and even till this day, we still tweak and tune on those, those things and try to dial them in and, you know, hit different techniques and flavors and stuff like that i mean barbecue can be very humbling greg i mean i cooked a 
speaking of prime rib, we cooked one today for a video and, you know, I was like, I'm going to try the, try this technique or whatever, slow it down, see what I can do. And just not happy with it at all. When it turns huh. out, I'm just like, wow, that was a complete failure. <laughs> I mean, it was a complete failure, but it was just not what I was hoping for. So, I mean, there's just, it never ends. You know what I mean? You're constantly chasing something that, um, you know, you can change or, I mean, it just takes a ton of practice, honestly. I mean, people want to shortcut or do this or that or whatever. It just takes a ton of practice and repetition and, you know, just like anything in life, you gotta, gotta be ahead of your, your mistakes, I guess, and know how to fix them. As the gateway drum smoker business is growing, you still have the landscape businesses you talked about, and you're also doing competitive barbecue and you're also being a family guy at the same time. How are you able to manage trying to grow a cooker business, which seems to be taking off? I remember hearing about it for the very first time, you know, like 12 years ago, whatever it was. So Mm -hmm. how are you, was it manageable, the order intake, or were you immediately behind because once people see you winning, now everybody wants to do what everybody, you know, what's winning, everybody else wants to do that? Um, On the smoker business, we kind of, kind of took it as it came, I guess, a little bit more than, than just t- sticking your neck out or anything like that. So, you know, there was some times where we had some lead times and things like that, but for the most part, it wasn't totally overwhelming. Um, you know, so we were able just to kind of manage it and just do it as it came. I mean, it wasn't something that I was making a ton of money on by any means. So I wasn't, you know, it was kind of always kind of the second, I call it the stepchild of, of my company sometimes because, you know, we don't, put enough energy into it, into it probably that it, that it could take, you know, but you know, it's, it's, it's a tough business too. I mean, we're competing mm-hmm. against, um, you know, imported equipment. That's just so much less expensive and, and shipping just went through the roof and, you know, they're hard to ship. It's a big, it's a big old drum smoker full of air. You know what I mean? It's, it's bulky and, and things like that. So, you know, there's some things about it that, you know, probably limit the, the profitability on it. So, you know, it's one of those things where I love it. I, I, it works so good. It's hard to beat on as far as cooking barbecue. I mean, it's just so easy and efficient and, and, um, fast and everything flavorful. I mean, whole deal, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, it it never really let it kind of get overwhelming for us. When we talk about the blues hog portion of this business, so you have the competition team, now you have the cooker business and then Bill Arnold approaches you about buying blues hog. Did he ever tell you, say, hey, this is the reason I'm coming to Tim Shear to take, this is an iconic, for anybody that's in competition barbecue or is even around it in an ancillary way, you know this, this is an iconic brand name. It's even become more household than I ever thought it would. I knew, you know, we would always appreciate its value and its, um, its wonderful product in itself. Why, why Tim? I was wondering the same damn thing, Greg. Really? <laughs> <had> no idea. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, Bill was so cool as far as, you know, talking to him and stuff, but it was hard to have a serious conversation with that guy because he was just so funny and, and off the wall. And, you know, I mean, we'd be serious for like one second and then it's back to, you know, some crazy joke he wanted to tell or a story or something like that. So, you know, I probably didn't get all the information, you know, I mean, I know he was fond of what we were doing with the drum smoker and, and kind of how we'd built barbecue and love that we had the, the kids and stuff at the competition, just like he mm-hmm. did, you know, back in the day and stuff. So, you know, um, it was funny because, um, I think it was, 
I think it was Gracie up at the, his daughter Gracie up at the um, American Royal. He's like, I just don't understand how you and my dad were so close and like, um, you know, how you guys got along so well because you guys are totally different. I was like, Gracie, we're honestly not that much different. Like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we are, but like we had so many similarities too at the same time. Like we, we loved having fun with each other and, and um, just enjoying the competitions and the people. And, and I remember back in the day before I even – talk to him about business i mean i stood up at the at the contest just listen to him tell bullshit stories though and you know half the night or whatever and i was just like you know i was grinning from ear to ear the whole time and i just couldn't even believe it you know what i mean and uh he was so funny like that but um but you know we, we both like to like to have fun at the contest and goof off and you know but we also wanted to get our get our work done you know what i mean that's kind of like we say it all the time like rule number one in business for us you know our whole crew is that we hang out with or whatever. And even we work with at work. I mean, it's, it's, um, certainly not a super professional environment sometimes, you know, like, but the, the back of the mind rule is always just get your work done, you know, like get it done. And so we can do something else. You know what I mean? Like nobody loves having a job, you know, so we might as well make it as fun as possible. Um, get our work done and then let's go do something more fun. So, I mean, that's kind of how we operate. How do you look to preserve Bill built, but also then put your own stamp on. I mean, this is your business now, so certainly you want to pay homage to how it was brought to you, but then you want to grow it and, you know, make sure everybody has the ability to experience this iconic brand. Yeah. I mean, that that was uh, daunting, you know, as far as the task. I mean, I'll never forget, like, when when we first did it and we had to move co-packers right off the bat and... I'm just like, holy cow, I'm going to screw this whole thing up in the first two weeks. You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, we, you know, we took some hits or whatever, but we, I knew we could get it. You know what I mean? I just knew we could. And, um, you know, Billy said straight up to me, he goes, Tim, I want Blues Hog to be a household name. I want it to be in every household in America. And I'm like, all right, Bill, I'll do whatever I can to make that happen. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, and, you know, he was such a big personality and stuff. I, you know, if he was in better health, I think he would have been one of the biggest stars and barbecue honestly you know what i mean it just had that kind of personality so um by no means did i ever want to step in and and think i was trying to take that because that's not at all who i am or what i wanted to do so um perfectly fine letting the brand do the talking for it you know and letting what he what he did in his story just just it was enough you know it didn't need any extra you know what i mean the the product was was good enough to do it itself and that's kind of how i wanted it to be and um you know it's it's been working out just fine like you know, totally happy with it. And, you know, the, the honoring him up the American Royal this year, I thought was the coolest thing we could have done. I thought everything we did for him was, you know, I just couldn't have went off any better. It was, it was a blast, man. It was good. Is there any, any portion of you that pissed that didn't happen last year instead of this year? Um, I mean, yeah, I was frustrated. I mean, you know, we were nominating him and, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, you always hope that, that you know it's not as last year not as last year you know what i mean and we had him up at the royal you know every time we could as far as you know getting him there and getting his getting him moved around and stuff and and he loved that you know what i mean so um yeah i don't know i mean there's people i mean nothing against them that went in and i'm like we're on a, we're on a time clock here people you know what i mean it's like we need to make this happen so uh yeah it was frustrating for sure and and um but you know we made the most out of it like i said his whole family was up there i mean haven't seen those guys together like mm. honestly ever you know what i mean and and um 
We had a lot of fun, too. It was good. Marble Ridge is the last business that I know of. It's currently out there providing you know, the high-end stuff, not consumers great. How do you get into that? I mean, obviously, yeah. you have the background in it, but why uh, Wagyu beef and and the uh, the high-end hawk? Well, um, you know, I joked around with my dad like probably 10 years ago to raise a Wagyu, and, and I wish that we did back then because we would have been miles ahead, right? Yeah. So I didn't think it was attainable. I was in no position to take on any more jobs by any means. So, um, you know, um, I don't know how or why it happens when it happens. You know, the, the timing's never right for anything, right? So um, same with, you know, the gateway drum smokers. I didn't need another job. You know what I mean? I had one. You know, Blues Hog comes along. Holy cow, I have no experience in food business whatsoever. Like, how are we going to make this work? You know, and, and it just happens, and you make it work, right? Because it's an opportunity. You jump on it, and you make the most out of it. So um, sold the landscaping business, a uh, piece of property, came up for sale, um, you know, that was connected to, you know, my dad's, my family farm, right, that I grew up on and piece of property that I liked and had my eye on for a long time. Um, you know, was the timing perfect or right? Heck no. You know, how are we going to make this happen? I really wanted to do that. So we ended up buying that property and, you know, I'm okay, well, what are we going to do with that farm? You know, we've got 80 acres now. What do we do with it? So I'm like, well, I put a couple cows out there, right? So, um, so I bought like 15 Wagyu um, mama cows, you know, full blood Wagyu mama cows. I'm like, this is cool. I get to come out here, hang out with the cows. It's, it's super easy. It's, you know, it's not a lot of labor. Um, you, you know, it's perfect, you know, just let it be. And then, uh, you know, old Tim kicks in and doesn't allow himself to have a enjoyable hobby ever. So <laughs> you got to turn that into a, to a full blown job. So, um, you know, just kept adding more and, and building it up and then, you know, just getting, getting the itch, you know what I mean? To start something new. Do you, and, uh, do you have, Marble Ridge Farm, you do, know? do you have access to like, as you said, these mama Wagyu cows, like, are they on the street corners or what? No, no, we drove halfway across the country. I think we drove to Texas to buy some, um, just all over wherever you could find them. I mean, there was, there's not that many of them out there, honestly. So, you know, I would find three or four here and then a couple here and we'd, you know, I'd send brother Dickie out on a road trip and he'd come back with him, you know, at two in the morning or something, he would have them. So, um, pretty crazy, honestly. I mean, um, you know, and just wanted to build something else, you know, out there and kind of have, a, um, you know, something that was our own. I mean, but had not too many intentions of, of, even taking it to this far, you know, this soon by any means. So, um, you know, it's, it's something that I enjoy doing. I remember talking with my daughter on the way back from basketball practice, you know, like, like what are we going to call this farm? You know, here's a couple of things I'm thinking of name wise. And we're just chit chatting about, you know, what, what to name it and everything. And just, just, you know, she's into horses and things like that. So just a place for her to go. And, uh, we keep the show pigs out there for them, all three of them. Um, you know, so really, I mean, it's just, that was kind of that part of it. But then as I got into it, it's like, you know, wait a second, you know, like who has a farming background with facilities here accessible, um, you know, that's in the barbecue that could raise their own uh, product basically from literally from genetics to um, feeding out to, you know, where it's packed at, how it's cut. Um, and then we get into the barbecue world. Yeah. Like, all that stuff can happen before that just to, 
to uh, hone in your product. So, you know, I started studying genetics, um, you know, not only in the Wagyu world, but in the hog world, you know, and I'm, you know, doing research and, you know, ordering some things and just checking it out, talking to whoever I can talk to that might know something about it. Um, so we started started doing the um, the Mangalitsa and the Duroc sired pork. Um, had a chance to buy the last 24 uh, Chester White female hogs from um, from Bob Ivy. I don't know if you've ever heard of Silky Pork out in mm-hmm. North Carolina. Um, he had a, a big brand that was most being exported you know, to China and everything. So, um, but just a high quality pork marbles, like a, like a Duroc. So basically what we've come to right now is, is the Mangalisa Duroc sired onto the Chester white. So we get kind of the best of all three worlds there with the low melting point Wagyu style fat from that Mangalisa, the marbling from the Duroc and the growth from the Chester white and marbling from there as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, with those three combined, you know, our last, we finally got that blend, um, produced and, and harvested and i mean the the tendon or the um you know the rib rib loin and stuff like that that we uh cut and took pictures of and stuff it was just out of this world you know i was so happy with it so um it's uh it's it's crazy and then you know when you throw that on top of you know your story at Memphis and may i mean how how does that even happen you know we raise our own hog we take we build a mega drum you know never even used it hardly before take it down to memphis and and tell the story that sounds ridiculously made up but it's all 100 true um you know i mean that's just kind of the icing on the cake for it and and you know it, it gives us a lot of pride that we we literally took something from start to finish like beyond start to finish you know and and um uh, use all of our products and that we created and developed and and you know, sell and everything else to, uh, to win the ultimate pork prize. I mean, that was insane. It's like you're, uh, so. as they say in the cigar world, you're a vertically, vertically integrated company. So you're starting, yeah. you know, from right the beginning all the way to the very end and it's all under, you know, your housing. So, uh, totally insane. It really is, man. Yeah. Uh, not a big fan of some of those cliche kind of words, but yep. it's legit right here, man. I mean, it is literally start to finish and, um, you know, it's, it's cool. I like it. I enjoy it. You know, um, you know, farming, like as much as I had to do it when I was younger, I I wanted to get away from it. You know, I, I, and I did, you know, I did my own thing. I had nothing really to do with it, um, for probably 20 years, you know what I mean? And then something, I don't know, you want to, you want to go, you know, it's like all that stuff I did back then. I started to appreciate, I think, you know, and like, holy shit, you know, I used to get to do this all the time and I hated it, you know? And it's like, um, but it's a lot of fun now out there and kind of be in your own world. When you look at that Memphis and May win, uh, you're with Brad Leininger. You guys are competing under Blues Hog. Uh, Brad, obviously, I don't know. I mean, we could talk about, is he the best that's ever done it? Is he the best in the last 15 years? I mean, he's won team of the year. Is it two or three out of the last five or six years, whatever it is. You guys just... Are you guys friends? Are you guys best buddies? Are you guys frenemies? Like, what's the what's the straight dope with you guys? Ah, uh, we're everything, man. Like, so Brad was one of the first guys we met. You know, early on, one of the first, probably first ten people, probably to buy a, a drum smoker from me. You know what I mean? And uh, he was just getting started in barbecue, and I was kind of been doing it for a couple of years, but you know, 
um, but you know, enjoyed hanging out with him and and his brother-in-law Michael and his family and stuff. I got to be really good friends with them. I mean, it, you know, we traveled and did everything, and um, you know, it's kind of always been, you know, certain things we all just did together. Like, you know, let's go do Memphis. Let's go do a class. Let's, you know, we've been to Australia. We've been to Europe. You know, doing stuff and and everything. And you know, it's just fun to have somebody there. And um, you know, especially now, like bouncing secrets or ideas or whatever back and forth and we, we probably did that a million times as we went and still do today you know like i haven't been able to cook as much over the past year or so and you know i call him up and be like all right you know give me the scoop here lately and you know it's usually about the same but it's not bad to have a refresher you know what i mean so uh we've got a class coming up this weekend actually that he and i'll do together so uh yeah i mean we're we're good friends we love to razz each other i mean i love to I love to beat him. He loves to beat me. I mean, it's, it's the best, you know what I mean? We talk trash. I mean, you know, we just never really get our feelings hurt. We just keep rolling. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of funny, but, um, but no, I mean, as far as him and what he's done over, over the past couple of years, I mean, I mean, I don't know how he, how he keeps going and doing that much. I, um, but he's crushing it. You know what I mean? Like, he's a force you know in the barbecue world and i don't know what the numbers are the stats compared to everybody else but i would imagine he's got to be right there you know as far as you know the numbers of of wins and everything else so you concerned with leaving a legacy on purpose behind or do you feel that whatever you're doing amongst all the companies is legacy enough whatever's left is left yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't really get caught up in that, honestly. Like, you know, I'm just trying to do what, what I need to do to, to, um, you know, build our company, build our, build our brands, um, you know, try to win a contest. I mean, that the rest of that stuff takes care of itself. And, you know, that kind of another thing that I think goes back to playing sports when I was younger. I mean, I won a lot of awards and did a lot of cool stuff and all that, you know what I mean? I don't, don't never really got caught up on it, man. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I guess, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you learn how to win, you learn how to lose and you, you keep carrying on at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So, um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I mean, it, I'm sure when I look back on, it, I'm like, shit, we have, we have done a lot of stuff, you know, <laughs> a lot of cool stuff and been fortunate and, and, uh, you know, but, it's nothing that I sit there and concern myself with it on a daily basis. That's for sure. So Tim Shear has said it all here tonight. You've learned way more about him than maybe you thought you were going to learn. I had no idea he was a division one basketball player. I knew he was tall. I had no idea he won two state championships. I did know he won Memphis and May because he came on the show and talked about it. And of course he is yeah. a 2023 barbecue central shows guest hall of famer. Tim, look, congratulations on all the success. I appreciate the fact that you have showed up here on this show over many years. So you go back through and, you know, you've been showing up, um, you know, right along during the live shows, which I certainly appreciate giving great interviews. And between Shake and Bake and Gateway Drum and Blues Hog and Marble Ridge, I mean, you're certainly an inspiration to a lot of folks out there in the industry because you have your hands in a lot of different portions of the live fire industry. So continued success i appreciate the extended time here tonight and i uh, look forward to doing it again sooner than later yeah that sounds good and thank you for having me on so many times um 
always appreciate what you do and, and promoting barbecue and all that. And uh, we're going to have to have that, that embryo, embryo talk. Yes. And, and 2024. And uh, <laughs> all that stuff at a, at a later date, I guess. Because no uh, that's a whole nother, another piece, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. We'll do that next year. Thanks, Tim. All right, buddy. All right. Take care. Thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, sorry. Tim Shear. Right there doing the origin story, which I certainly appreciate. And wow, what a hog farm, college basketball, landscape, gateway drum builder. Let's buy Blues Hog from Bill Arnold, the icon. He wants me to take it over. Now we got high-end beef and pork. Wow. Total inspiration, no doubt about it. And we thank Tim for giving us an extended period of time here this evening. We're 10 minutes past the hour. Just in yesterday in the mail, December's box from JRE Tobacco. Is it the Corojo Reserva line? Yes. Is it the Figurato? Yes. What does that mean? Well, unless I'm mistaken... And I don't believe I am. This one is what they call a box press. And at the tip, it's like torpedoed at the tip where you're going to smoke out of. And then the foot is normal, except instead of being in the round, this is box press. So a little bit square. I'm going to have to double check that. But I do believe it's box press. So... Now, only a box of 10 because of how they're made, instead of 20, like the usual rounds. So the offer stands. If you want one, I'll send one. I'm not sending a pair out like I do with the rounds. But if you want one, and it's a 6 six inch by 50 ring gauge, I believe. So, you know, right in my wheelhouse as far as uh, ring gauge and length. So if you got the time, I would a lot hour and 15 to an hour and a half depending on how quick you smoke it so if you're interested hit me up and i'll send one out like we've been doing here for the last couple months also i have some aladino classics left over so if you want to try one of those just let me know what do we know uh a i love the reserve line yes but Jerry Tobacco out of Honduras is making, in my opinion, some of the best cigars out there. Premium hand-rolled cigars. Forget about that nonsense that you're hearing about Cuban cigars this, Cuban cigars that. Cuba's in trouble, pal. And Cuba, you want to come after me? Let's go. Your labor force is dying, literally and figuratively. You pay your laborers nothing, and your cigars are average at best. I don't care what they're telling you. I know what's going on down there. And by the way, you look at the aesthetics between an Aladino and any Cuban, forget about it. With Aladino or JRE Tobacco, you're getting the essence of Cuba except it's sexy and it tastes better. And way less expensive off the market. Are you kidding me? Find a dealer near you, JREtobacco.com, or if you want a sample, let me know. Send me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and I'll get you either a Figurado or a Toro. Not a Toro. 
Robusto. I got Robusto in reserve a line, too. Or the Aldino Classic. You tell me. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com for sample. JREtobacco.com to find a dealer or retailer near you. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. And we thank Tim Shear for the extended time over the last hour coming in and doing an origin story. Gateway Drum Smokers, Blues Hog. Shake and Bake Barbecue, Marble Ridge. Go ahead. Check them all out. Become a customer. Become a fan. Become a follower. Do all that stuff. Also available on all the social media platforms in those respective environments. All right, so let's go ahead and get on out all the way back in the first hour. Okay. Come on, come on, come on. Remove those. Yes, there we go. All the way back in the first hour, it was Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. We played a game. Uh, Meathead, I'm going to do the games from now on. All right? You leave the games to me. After Meathead, Robert Moss, RobertFMoss.com. Second hour, all Tim Shear, all the time. Worked through a little... Microphone mishap. I think we come to find out it wasn't plugged in. Usually I'm not the one that has to do it, but once we start really working back into it, we got to start with the basics. Is it plugged in? Was it? No. We fixed that. We fixed it. Good news for the podcasters. You're only hearing about it now because I went in and I cut all of that out. You're welcome. This is extra funny because I was a guest, or I am a guest, on the most recent Grab Them in the Brisket episode, available for download anywhere. On all podcast platforms, Grab Them in the Brisket, and we talked about how I will actively go in to a live show after the fact and edit out stuff for the listeners that they don't need to listen to. Me getting Tim through the microphone part, they don't need to listen to. They're hearing about it now, but they didn't go through that up front. I'm going to go through at the end of the show right now and edit all that out. That's all you're you're just hearing about. You didn't get to experience it. You're welcome. Big show planned for you next week. It's the third Tuesday of the month already, if you can believe it. We got quarterly guests coming up. We got Wes Wright coming up already. Come on. Christmas is almost here. I hope you're ready. Until... How do I always leave? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rampey. Good night now. Hi, this is Austin Parsons, pitmaster with Smoky Mountain Q in Nashville, Tennessee, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.